Hey guys, thanks for joining the Radiate Church podcast today. I'm Brandon, the lead pastor here at Radiate, and I'm honored that you jumped in to hear this message. I hope that it challenges you, inspires you, and leads you to the life God intends. Enjoy the message. Oh, come on. Y'all can celebrate better than that. Come on. We wanted you to see what God's been doing here. Because here's what we know. We know there's some people, this is your first time being a part of this, or, and you want to know what you're all about, what this is all about, or maybe you've been here a while and you're still kind of trying to figure out what this, what this is all about. And I just want to tell you what we're all about. We, we're not all about the show. We're not all about all that. So here's what we're about, man. We're just about watching people walk into the life that God intends for their life, the purpose God placed in their bones and in their lungs, and watching them accomplish what God has called them to accomplish. And my job is not to get up here and to put on some polished show that people approve of. My job is to get up here and challenge people to pull something out of somebody that God put in them. Amen? And, and God has done some amazing things in, in over six years here at Radiate Church. And the crazy thing is, the first three years... Uh, was very slow and difficult. We didn't see a lot of difference-making things on the external side of things as far as Radiate Church, but the past three years, we've seen God blow our minds and just go nuts on what he's doing here. And I wanted you to see that because I want you to understand, man, there's ways that we go about being a part of this thing. Um, you, You know, you show someone or something how much you love them or it by how much you invest in it. And, and part of the way we do that is we invite people on the journey with us. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, that's why you get invite cards every single week. That's why we have a friend day coming up on November 25th because we believe our job is not to walk this journey alone and just watch us walk out what God has for us, but to bring people on the journey with us. You know what I'm saying? Don't walk out of here without invite cards every week. Don't walk in here with the same invite cards from last week. In your pocket. Give them out. Invite people to be a part of this because God's doing something special at Radiate Church and you get to be a part of that. You get to be in that. We invite, we serve, and and we're generous with what God gives us. And so last year, I just felt the Lord just tell us that, uh, uh, just speak to us and tell us that he wants to teach us and he wants to create in us a heart of generosity. And I say us because we're a family here. This is the church in a heart of generosity. And so last year we began an annual giving campaign that we're kicking off again this year. And it starts this week. And here's what it is. We're calling it Heart for the House. Because how many of you know when you have a heart for something, you'll do what it takes to get it? You know? I have a heart for my wife. And so therefore I will do anything I need to do to please her and to make her happy. And, and so the truth of the matter is, is it's passion. And I want you to pray about something until December, or you can give at any point, but we cut it off on December 31st. I want you to pray about giving generously to Radiate Church. And I know, listen, I know, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but I know you're sitting up there going, yeah, of course he's going to talk about that. This isn't about meat and budget. Can I just be honest with you? Like, we've met budget for the year already in November. The beginning of November, Radiate Church has met budget. Come on. Thank you for that. This isn't about meeting budget for the year. This isn't about any of that. Can I tell you what this is about? This is about looking at God and going, hey, you're calling us to reach more people and do more things. And can I tell you that unless we give generously, and that's throughout the year, not just one time of the year, but throughout the year, unless we give generously, we may not be ready when he calls us to take another step. Because we've got to be there, and that's in our lives too. And we need to learn generosity is the key to God's heart. And that's time, that's money, that's everything. And I just want you to pray. I'm not talking about giving, above, uh, uh, giving your tithe. 
Uh, if you're not doing that, we, we challenge you to take the 90-day tithe challenge on that and all these things. But I'm, pray, I'm asking you to pray about, well, God, what would you have me give above and beyond my tithe? Maybe it's 25 cents. You know what? I pray blessing over that 25 cent. The next year, that turned into $2,500 that you can give. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe it's some of us, we can say, we've had people walk into our offices and place a $10,000 check on the desk and say, I don't know what you need to spend this on, but what I know is God told me to bring it. Can I tell you? I've heard some people ask, if I gave you $10 million today, what would you do with it? I could list an entire list of vision priorities that we have. That I've got more vision than, is, than money. Isn't that the way it should be, though? If somebody gave me $10 million, somebody asked me, if I won the lottery when it was $1.6 billion, and I tithed on the, off of what I got, that's an insane amount of money, what would you do with it? And I told them. Because here's the truth, man. I've got, we've got vision for what God's going to do here, and I think God just wants to develop. So I just want to pray. I want you to pray about what that looks like for you, what you can give above and beyond in our Heart, to the house, heart for the House uh, generosity campaign by the end of this year. I'm going to be giving and praying over that, and I'm just challenging you to do the same so that when 2019 comes, we hit it head on. That may mean that we reach more people in the community. That may be set aside for a building. You know, what if God has a building in mind for us? We just don't have the resources to get it yet. Yeah, I, I knew that was going to happen. But listen, how many of you got? I think we need to get a little more excited about what God's doing here at Radiate Church. Can I just be honest? I just really do. I, I think... I think the law of familiarity kind of kicks in sometimes here at Radiate because we're here so much, we take for granted what God's doing here. That's one reason we wanted you to see this video because I wanted you to see this thing. Some of us get more excited about USC and about Clemson than we do about Jesus. We'll stand up more for you talking junk about Dabo Sweeney than we will about you talking junk about our Savior. Come on. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Like, we just got to have some passion about this thing. And we got to be excited about what God's doing here. So I just want to ask you, how many of you guys are excited about what God is doing and is going to do in this house, in this house, at Radiate Church? Because if you think we've arrived, you're crazy. We're just getting started. You're, we're just getting started. This ain't our home. We're just stopping by. Amen? I want to ask you to, um, if you're taking notes, I, I want you to take notes today because we're going to be all over the place. And I've got some uh, mentalities and myths because we're starting this series called November to Remember. And I'm just going to tell you that it is going to be a November to Remember for the rest of your life because God's going to set some things in order in our lives today. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you this because you're wondering, what is this series about? We're going to talk about money this month. All right. All right. Look at your neighbor and say, it's okay. Calm down. Because I, got, I just need to tell you something. I'm not preaching this message to get money from you. Can I tell you that what you give in that, the, the, the heart for the house giving does not affect my salary or anything? I, we have this myth to where, of course, he's going to talk about money. He's got to get paid. I, no. What organization do you know that works like that? None. Exactly. Neither does the church. That's not how it happens. Like, there's some myths we got to kind of get rid of because the enemy has got us in this place to where we're offended when the church starts talking about money, but the CEO of Target can tell me all he wants. And all he's telling you is he's jading it so that you can go spend your money at Target Boutique rather than giving it to the kingdom of God. Target Boutique, that's Target. That's Target. 
There's some mentalities that we've got to break, guys, because some of you, as soon as I say we're talking about money, all of a sudden you got tents in the house. And you got frustrated. You're like, of course he is. Yes. You know why? Because God talks more about money in the Bible than he does prayer. But yet we want to ignore that. Let's talk about prayer all day. But don't get in my finances. Don't, I'd rather you dissect my, and this is for me, I'd rather you dissect my marriage than dissect my finances. It ain't none of your business what I make. I don't care what you make. What I care about is what you do with what you make. Because that's what God care, cares about. Listen, here, here's some myths that we run into, and some of you are thinking these already. So just sit back and relax a little bit, okay? Because I'm not, I'm not going to be mean. I'm just going to tell you the way that God... Is it one of the things is, is that the church is all about the money. I, I hear that all the time. My great-granddad growing up used to tell me that. I'm not going to church because all they do is talk about money. All they do is talk about money. Well, money affects everybody's life. So when Jesus talks about money, he's talking about something that everybody can relate to. And he talks about that in the New Testament more than he does prayer and faith. Think about that. He talks about the way we handle our finances. The church is not all about money. If the church is doing it the kingdom way, can I tell you what the church is about? It's not about money. It's about reach. It's about reach. It's about reaching more people. But can I tell you, listen to me. I just need to be up front. It takes money to do ministry. If you don't believe that, go quit your job tomorrow morning and just live on prayer. I'm living on a prayer. You ain't living on a prayer. You're living on management, stewardship of what God's blessing you with. We want to go, I, the church don't need my money. No, the church needs money to reach more people. It takes money to do ministry. Do you know that we have hundreds of people that join us online, but it ain't free to do that? We've got people, double digits, that have accepted Jesus in an online platform in 2018 that they would never would have heard the gospel of Jesus if we wouldn't have streamed it online. We got people in California, in Alabama, North Carolina. We got people in South Carolina. I met somebody at Harbor Freight the other day. Listen, this is awkward. This is, I'm just going to be real. This is awkward. If Tysley's out there, I love you, Tysley. It's good to see you online today. I'm, I'm checking out at Harbor Freight. I give her my phone number. If you've ever been there, they take your phone number and your name pops up, right? I give her my phone number so that I could return the product if I needed to, if I didn't have my receipt, because I can't keep up with anything. I'm terrible at that, right? Give her my number, and she looked at me, and she goes, you're Mr. Golf. <laughs> Y'all, I'm looking at a flashlight on the counter, and all of a sudden I went, Yes, I am. I'm not exaggerating this thing. She said, oh, I've heard about you. And I went, oh, only believe the good stuff. And she said, well, I've heard nothing but good stuff. And I was like, oh, well, that's reassuring. <laughs> I was like, that's good. She goes, oh, you, you, are, you, are, you are doing something great. And I was like, well, we got a team, you know, that's doing great things. She said, I watch you every week. I got a church that I go to, but I pull up your sermons on church, and I, I watch your stuff online. She looked at me, she goes, and I asked her a question, and it took her a minute to respond. And I thought I asked a hard question. And she looked at me, she goes, I'm sorry, it's just like I'm meeting a, a celebrity. <laughs> I was like, sweetheart, I'm from Elgin, South Carolina. I'm a skinny little white boy. I ain't, I ain't no celebrity up in here. I, I just tell you that. That's just the way it is, you know. I laughed, I chuckled, and I, I came home and told Megan, she laughed. I was like, you didn't have to laugh that hard. 
It's a funny story, and it was kind of awkward for me because I'm like, okay. But there's people like that that get the life-giving message of Jesus because we're able to do things online because we give to that. The money, the church is not all about money, but the money can accelerate the vision. Come on now. Church is all about money. No, it's not. Church is about reaching people. Church is about, just like Target's all about the bottom, bottom line of the profit and getting more customers in the store, but we'll give to that. But God forbid the church talk to me about money. Y'all with me? God, uh, the enemy wants us to think that we have a leg up on God when we give. Because God needs my money, so if I don't give, I can withhold my tithe if I don't like what the church is doing, and I can do these things. Come on, somebody. Can I tell you something? I don't know what you make. I really don't. And to be honest with you, I don't care what you make. Uh, It doesn't bother me. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't change the way I lead. It doesn't change the way I pastor. How much you make and how much you give doesn't change any of that. But can I tell you, however much you make, you don't make enough for God to need it. God's not sitting up there today going, man, this light bill is a little higher this month than it was last month. If I could just get them to give, I can pay this thing. That's not how God operates. God doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. He knows if he can separate us from the one thing that defines us most, which is money in this world, then he can look at us and go, I've got your heart because you're not focused on mammon or the love of money. Come on, somebody. He don't need your money. He wants your heart. And one of the ways he can do that is, is by getting us to be faithful. And, and, and I've been accused of this because I do a financial series about every year. I've been accused of this. I've got friends that have been accused of this, mentors in my life that have been accused of this. You're just one of those money preachers, aren't you? You're just a prosperity preacher. No, I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm not one of those guys that's going to tell you, hey, if you give $100, you'll get 1000 out. I'm not, I'm not, I believe in sowing and seed and harvest, and I got a story I could tell you right now that'd blow your mind about the harvest has come into my life and, and recently, and, and I could tell you all that, and that stuff's great, and I believe in that stuff, and that stuff's real. I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I sure ain't a poverty preacher either. I don't believe God wants us to live in poverty. I'm telling you right now, God does not want you to walk out of here and suffer financially for any reason. Well, I thought you'd be a little more excited about that. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you should always struggle to pay your bills in life. I think God wants us to have good stuff, and I'm fine with that, but it's the order and the way in which we take care of those things that makes the difference. And so it's almost, it's almost like this. Let me, let me give you an illustration I think we can all, all kind of relate to. Let's say that, that this right here um, is, is our, our oh, wait, that's, that's wrong. Uh, this is our life, right? This cup is our, is our life. And, and this is the resources or finances that God gives us in our life. And, and here's what happens a lot of times. We want, we want God to pour out and God wants to pour out. And so at the end of the day, we look and we're like, hey, God, I know what it's going to take to live my life. I know what the resources are going to be. And God's like, yeah, I do too. So I'm going to give you this, this job through which you can get the resources you need to live your life. Can I tell you, your job is not there for you to complain about or to celebrate. Your job is there to give you resources and we'll talk about that, then help you accomplish things in life. Anybody with me? It's from God. It's not, you're not giving to the church. You're giving through the church back to God, and, and God gives us things through our jobs. Are you with me? And so he, he, he does this, but this is where most of us are. Have you ever felt like at the end of the day you get to a place in, in your life to where our lives, and, and, and we've got these resources, right? We've got these things, but let me go down a little bit more right there. 
And we got these things that happen, and then what happens is, is instead of holding it, you get there and you get the resources, like you're going to work every week and the resources are pouring in, but it feels like you never really get full. And at the end of the month, you got more month left at the end of the money rather than more money left at the end of the month. Our budget never meets. Our checkbook doesn't really balance. I'd love to pay my tithe, but I can't afford to. Can I challenge you? You can't afford not to pay your tithe. That's God's blessing in your life. I'm telling you that's obedience. You'll blow your mind on that stuff. And so many of us get to a place where we're like, yes, this, like I, I know he's pouring resources into my life. Like I get that, but I just, there's something that's causing it to leak. And it never really fully makes sense what I'm doing wrong. And so today what I want to do is I want to take you on a journey of four mindsets that are poking holes in our life. They're poking holes in, in, in our life and in, in, in our mindsets. And, and can I tell you, the way, that we, the way we think determines what we become and what we do. That's just truth. That's just reality. Is That's in the Bible. And so often, and I know you're quiet today because you're like, get out my finances. I get it. But this is going to change your life. This is going to help you because here's the truth. When we can change the way we think, we can change the way we live. And what happens is, is the holes, the way we think either creates holes or wholeness. Can I tell you, the way you think about your finances will create holes or wholeness. And I'm not talking about like wholeness as in more holes. I'm talking about wholeness as in completeness. That I'm going to be okay and this thing's going to make sense. And, and i got four, four mentalities I want to talk about today. And the first one is this. You ready? Come on now. Y'all ready? Man. Number one is this. I am more than I make. Come on, say that with me. I am more than I make. I am more than I make. Let me, let me flip over real quick to Luke chapter 12, verse 15. I'm telling you, we're going through a lot of scriptures today. You're probably going to want to write them down. Luke chapter 12, verse 15, Jesus is talking and it says, Then he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. Right? For not even when one has an abundance... Does his life consist of his possessions? In other words, Jesus is saying this. Even when you have everything, abundance is having more than you need. Even when you have more than you need, even when you have more money at the end of the month, even when you have more than enough, your, your life is not made up of your possessions. Can I tell you that it's okay to have things? But it is not okay for things to have you. I, here, let, me, let me explain something to you. Let me tell you some statistics today because some of you are still a little tense about this. Do you know that stress causes financial, I mean, um, uh, physical and ailment, ailments and, and, and sickness in your life? In fact, stress can kill you. Stress is one of the leading causes of death in the world today. In our nation, stress. We're stressed about everything. We're stressed about being enough. And, 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 and we're stressed about if enough people click like on our Instagram photo that's not even really us because we went through 12 filters to get it. And, and no, y'all don't hate, right? We're stressed about everything. But you know what the number one cause of stress is? Finances. Do you know one, and it, and it flip-flops between, between money and sex today? The number one Sometimes number two cause 
for divorce in America is finances. It's that and sex. If you're worried about your kid hearing that, we have an amazing Radiate Kids program that you can take your kids to each and every week. Like, we're in here to love on Jesus and, and be real. You know what I'm saying? The truth is, is like, finances is a top concern, of uh, indicator of stress in the world today, in America. L listen to this. 44%, almost half, of Americans do not have enough cash flow to cover a $400 emergency. $400. Now, you may be sitting out there going, I don't either. If something happened to me today, I, I wouldn't be able to handle that. I'm not dogging you for that. I'm here to tell you you're not alone. You're not alone. 44% don't have enough cash flow for that. The average credit card debt in America today is $16,000 per person, okay, at 16% APR, annual percentage rate. If you paid that off in 10 years, you would pay the credit card company over $30,000 to borrow $16,000 from them. You're not alone. We're not the only ones doing it, but yet we don't want the church to talk to us about this stuff. Stay out of my finances, God. Stay out of my finances, pastor. Stay out of my finances, small group leader. Stay out of my finances, Holy Spirit. Holy, Holy Spirit, come. Take me out upon the waters unless it has to do with my budget. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. If we never get our finances in order, then we can never put our finances where they need to go. Our finances tell us how to live rather than us telling our finances how to live. You know what I'm saying? That's why the Bible says you're a slave to the lender. Because everything I do now revolves around what they need from me. I can't give generously this year, Pastor. I got $16,000 in credit card debt to pay off. I'm not saying you're a terrible person for that. I'm not even saying you're wrong for that. In fact, statistics would say you're normal for that. But what if God has a better way? I'm here to tell you God does have a better way. God has a more blessed way. God has a more anointed way that he wants us to do this because God wants his money to go to his kids, to do his ministry, to expand his kingdom throughout his world no matter what. And if we're giving it to everybody else, then he can't use it. Are you with me this morning? I know you're quiet and that's okay. Maybe we don't have a debt problem. Maybe we have a value problem. Maybe it's not our problem isn't getting in more debt. Maybe it's that we value the wrong things. It says in that scripture that we talked about in Luke chapter 12, it said that, that no matter the abundance you have, okay, you are never defined by your possession. Ever. You need to hear that today. I don't care if you make $15,000 a year or if you make $115,000 a year. The truth of the matter is you are more than what you make. It doesn't define your, 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 your worth. It doesn't define your value. Okay? You with me? We're, not, we're more than what we make. And here's what a lot of us think. Because if we have more money, I can dream about bigger things. And it creates vision. Can I tell you, money doesn't create vision. Money will not give you a vision for the future. Money will accelerate the rate at which you accomplish the vision, though. So what I do with it depend, it determines how fast the vision will be accomplished. That's in organization. 
That's why most startups, they start and they get investors that give millions of dollars because they know money doesn't create the vision. It creates the speed at which the vision goes. You with me? Look at your neighbor and tell them to wake up. Yeah, welcome to Radiate. I love you. Number one is, number one, one is I am more than I make. Number two is this. God is my source. Say that with me. God is my source. God is my source. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. It says this, But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who is giving you power to make wealth, that He may confirm His covenant which He swore to your fathers, as it is this day. In other words, here's, here's what's being said in this scripture. He's saying, It is He who has given us power or ability to make wealth or resources, to confirm his covenant or expand his kingdom in, in today's world. Here's the truth. Nothing we have is ours. Like I, I challenged our first service, our first experience to do this, and I want to challenge you to do the same thing. Write that phrase, God is my source, on everything that has to do with finances and spending. Write it on your debit card, on your checkbook, write it on your computer screen. So every time you check that, I'm just kidding, don't do that. Write it somewhere where you can see it. Because it's hard to take something for granted that you remember isn't yours to begin with. It's hard to take something for granted when you understand it's not yours to begin with. Your truck, your car, your vehicle, your house, your money. Listen, I've said this before and, and I think it's so true. Listen, can I tell you, your boss does not pay you. God pays you through your boss. Because some way, somehow he looked and said this is what they need to confirm the covenant that I gave them. In other words, Chris needs this to confirm what I've placed in him, and if he'll manage it right, this will get him to the next level to get him to a place to where his vision can now be accomplished that I placed in him. I will confirm my covenant through the wealth that they get. I give you the power or ability to create wealth or opportunity to confirm my covenant or my purpose in them. You're paid from God through people. That, listen, we don't think about money that way, right? We think about money as just this terrible or very good thing depending on how wealthy you are and how you spend your money. But the truth of the matter is the money God gives us to confirm the purpose that he has in us. God is my source. In James chapter 1, verse 17, we're not flipping there, but you can write it down. James 1, 17 and Romans eleven thirty six 36 reminds us that everything we have is from God. Everything. This church is not mine. Can I tell you? I don't need Radiate Church to make me feel valuable. Some of you are like, well, that's a loving pastor. No, I don't. I don't. I don't need staff members to tell me that I'm a leader. Here's what I need. God's voice to tell me those things. Because here's the bottom line. God looks at us and tells me, Brandon, Radiate Church ain't yours. I just put you there as the interim pastor until I come back and bring all those that call on me and I am their father. I just put you there to lead them until I come back. This ain't my church. This is his church. Just like everything that's in my wallet ain't my money. It's God's money. Can I tell you a quick story? You got time for that real quick? My Friday was a terrible day. I'm going to tell you a quick, quick story that maybe you'll laugh at. I don't know how awake you are. Friday was a terrible day. I, 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 it was rough. And, and, and how many of you have ever had a flat tire? Yeah? Okay. You know it should take you about 20 minutes to fix a flat tire. Well, it took me about 12 hours. 
Let me tell you the story. Monday morning, or Friday morning, my wife wakes up. She goes, hey, I think I'm going to go to Starbucks and get some coffee. She doesn't do that a whole lot. So I'm like, baby, whatever you want, if it makes you smile, you can have it. You go get that coffee. She backs out the driveway. She calls me right after she backs out the driveway. It's not abnormal for her. I pick up the phone, and I'm like, hello. Friday, I try to take the day off on Friday so that I can rest a little bit, get ready, and spend some time with the family. You know what I'm saying? And so Friday morning, I wake up. I'm still in my pajamas. I'm in my PJs. I got my Christmas pajamas on because it's after Halloween, praise God. And so I'm in, oh, yes. I'm in my reindeer pajamas. And I do like what Chris said. All of you that are celebrating Christmas after Halloween, don't you throw a Thanksgiving plate up on your Instagram. Stupid. I said, hello? She said, I got a flat tire. I said, well, that sounds very inconvenient. I said, where are you at? I'm at the end of the driveway. Well, pull back into the driveway. Pull back into the driveway. I, I, I go to get the spare tire, the jack, and the lug wrench out of the car. But how many of you know, you may know this. I didn't know this. I'm not a, I'm not a major in, in, in mechanics. But here's the truth. There's no spare tire, there's no jack, and there's no lug wrench in a brand new car. Backup cameras are standard, but not a spare tire. Makes all the sense in the world. I can see what I'm backing up into with a flat tire. Have to go to Harbor Freight. Have to go buy a jack. Go buy the jack. Jack doesn't lift up high enough to get the actual tire off the ground. I take the, tire, the jack back. Go get another jack. I get it there. I get the jack. I get the lug wrench. I take the tire off. I'm like, yes, finally. I'm borrowing my father-in-law's car. He's got a Jaguar XK8 convertible. I don't know if you know what that is, but you can fit maybe a small trial-sized cereal box in the back seat. Love the car. Very grateful that he's let me borrow it. In fact, I put the top down. I was riding around in the convertible. Many of you saw me. Some of you went, I knew we were paying him too much. That's a borrowed car. Get off of me. I'm borrowing it because my 2006 Toyota Tundra's been in the shop for nine weeks because they only make one drive shaft in the entire United States for the thing. I digress. Take the tra- I take the tire to the shop. The sidewall's blown out on it. I said, okay, put a new tire on it. They were like, well, I can't get a tire here. It's too late. I can't get a tire here until Monday morning. I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, no. I said, give me a spare tire. We don't sell spare tires. Excuse me? They said, well, we sell them, but I can't get it till Monday morning. They said, try a junkyard. I said, okay. Call Pull Apart. Ain't got one. Call Firestone. You know, the maker of tires. We don't sell those. Kidding me, right? Call the dealership. I said, hey, I think y'all forgot to put something in my car. Literal conversation. They said, what? I said, a spare tire. They said, no, you forgot to pay for it. Oh, okay. I said, how much? They told me how much. My jaw hit the floor. I threw up three times, then I grabbed the phone again. (laughs) I got to have a tire on my car. I get there. They're like a spare tire kit. Can I tell you what a spare tire kit is? It's a rim, a stem for the air, and the tire. That's not a kit. That's called a spare tire. Get there. Buy the spare tire. Irritated. I had to drive from here to Greystone Boulevard. And I had to go borrow somebody's truck because I got the Cracker Jack car. Father-in-law, I love you. Thanks for letting me borrow it. It's fun. I like driving it. It goes fast. Don't know if you wanted to know that. 
I'm standing there talking to the man at the counter. He's typing in. You know, he's typing in. He's looking at some stuff. And all of a sudden, he looks at me, and I'm telling him my story. I don't even know why I'm telling him about my day. Maybe it was just therapy. He was my psychologist for the day. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just telling him about my day. He's a real nice guy. And he tells me about the tire kit. And he brings it out, shows me what tire is. I'm like, that's not a tire kit. That's just a tire. And he goes, I know. I don't know why it's called a kit. I was like, I don't either. So I tell him my day. He looks at me. He goes, dude, I don't even know how you're still smiling today because I had a doctor's appointment right in the middle of all that. He said, he said, I don't know why you're still, how you're still smiling. I looked at him and I said this. And I said, because I got breath in my lungs and I got Jesus that still loves me today. And so none of this stuff really matters. It's okay. Everything's going to be all right, right? Man staring at the screen, typing on the keyboard, stops, looks at me and goes, that's good. I looked at him and I said, it is. And in my mind I went, that wasn't for you. That was for me. I was reassuring myself today. But here's what I had to learn, this last thing. I had to go, this isn't mine, and the whole way, I'm saying this. I got two more mindsets, and it's going to go quick. I know you're like, good grief. It's going to go quick. Listen. Literally, in the car on the way there, I was thanking God for giving me a car to borrow and a friend that would let me use his truck to put the tire in. And on the way there, now, we budget our money to where everything goes somewhere. We, we live by the Dave Ramsey thing and, and we believe every dollar has a destination or else the dollar will tell you how to live. And so that money was designated for something else. And I remember I was riding in the car and I said, you know what, God? This ain't my money, this is your money. I've been faithful, I've paid my tithes, I've given above and beyond. When you tell me to give above and beyond, I had just given $100 to somebody. Like, that, God, that's the thing. Like, you tell me what to do, I'll do it because it's not mine. God, thank you for this. You make it happen. You do what you need to do with this stuff. Because here's what I had to remind myself. This ain't mine. God is my source. Because it's hard to take it for granted whenever I know it's not mine. And then I had to be reminded of number three. Number three is this. I am a manager. I'm a manager. I don't own it. I'm just asked to steward it. I'm asked to manage it. Luke chapter 14, verse 28, very, very, very quickly. Says this. Sorry. For which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? In other words, here's what Luke is, here's what's being said in the Gospel of Luke here. 14, 28, he's saying this. When you go to build a building, our house, shed, she shed, seems to be an important thing now, man cave, whatever. We go, this is how much it's going to cost. I need this TV, it's going to cost me $650. I need this surround sound, I need this projector, I need this projector screen, I need this memorabilia from uh, the card shop, all this stuff, and we count the cost. But how often do we count the cost when it comes to what we're doing in our life? If you want to build a house, you count the cost. If you want to build a legacy, you count the cost. I'm a manager. Can I tell you something? That what God gives me, my job is not to take advantage of it, it's to manage it. If you've ever been a manager in a store, I was an assistant manager in a retail store. How many of you know you don't get to pick and choose what you want to do? The boss tells you what to do. And it says, hey, here's the deal. I give you this store to take advantage of and I, or, or, or to do what you need to do. And I need you to come back with a return. If you look in Matthew, the, the parable of the talents, Jesus gives three people some talents and he looks at two of them and he says, good job because you brought a return. He looks at one of them, calls him lazy and gets him out of, or the master gets him out of his sight because he just sat on it and he said, I didn't want to lose the talent. Jesus looked, or the owner looked at him and Jesus was using it as a correlation to the kingdom. In other words, he looked at him and said this, he said, you didn't even try to get a return, so therefore you're lazy, get out of my sight. 
what God gives you, He expects a return. That's what managers do. Managers calculate the risk. And they do it well. And in fact, here's all God says. He says, I'm giving you this. I ask two things of you. One, give 10% back. Two, listen to me when I tell you to do something special. That's it. Number three, because I'm a manager. Number four, last one, and I'm done. I will. I will leave a legacy. Proverbs 18, 11 says this. A rich man's wealth is, in a, is a strong city. His wealth, what he earns, what he brings in is his strong city. Isn't it interesting that other, uh, another place in Proverbs, he, it says um, that the glory of God is our strong tower. God is a strong tower. Wealth doesn't do anything. Listen, he says a rich man's wealth is a strong city and like a high wall in his own imagination. Look at that last word, imagination. Imagination is not reality. Imagination is something you think up up here. Proverbs is saying this. He thinks and imagines that everything's okay because of what he earns. I will leave a legacy. Can I tell you something? Legacy is not the amount that you leave your kids when you die. I think that stuff is great and you need to do it and I'm going to do it. But if I were to pass away today, God forbid, the truth of the matter is my kids wouldn't get a ton of financial resources from me. But here's what I will do. I will make sure that the E-R-O-I is better than the R-O-I. R-O-I is return on investment. E-R-O-I is eternal return on investment. I will make sure that my kids may not walk away with a fat check, but they will walk away knowing how to love somebody despite their race. They will walk away knowing how to be generous with everything they have because nothing they have is theirs. They will not know how to save money but not know how to save their soul. I can tell you that I will leave a legacy that is eternal no matter what. I will give to this church more than I'll give to myself simply because there's eternal reward. Because when I give $100 to this church then I, and then I watch 700 people give their lives to Jesus in six years, you know what that tells me? That I've got investment in what's happening there. Because when I give a dollar and I watch over 600 people attend a party at a, at a, at a high school stadium so they can hear about Jesus, I got investment in that. Whenever I see people get baptized and I've given to this, that is intense return on investment it's not all about what I'm giving it's about what I'm investing in I can reach more people when I give to something that does eternal reward that's a legacy and so many of us walked in today and we thought well God there's more month at the end of my money and there's just holes in my cup of life. Can't get it right. But when we get it, when we get it right, God just begins to pour. And we can hold it. You see which one's better, right? One can hold what he gives, one can't. But here's the beautiful thing. Let me move this so everybody on that side can see. The beautiful thing is that when I begin to trust God and my mentalities are in order there's no more holes in the cup there's wholeness and he begins to pour can I tell you what happens the Bible says as he begins to pour and our priorities are right that our cup runneth over 
that I will open the windows of heaven. Come on, somebody, and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain because there's something there that can contain what I'm giving. And the only way I can give it is if it's in order and it's whole and there's not holes everywhere. I can't bless this cup, but this cup will runneth over. Because I won't allow what I'm thinking about to determine how I live. Some of us just need to throw that cup behind us. Get over it. I'm not here to tell you in 24 hours there's going to be a miracle in your life and God's going to fix all those holes. There might be. I've seen God do it. Here's what I am here to tell you. If we will plow the ground and create the proper mindsets about our finances, it'll change everything about the way we live our life. And so what I want to do today in closing is I just want to pray over you. And, 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 and listen, can I? This church is what it is. We know, I know what we're here for. I know what I'm here for. So some of you may be sitting out there going, I don't like how you taught that. That's okay. My job is this, introducing people to the life God intends, right? I can't introduce you to that if our finances are whacked up. Because we'll never be able to financially support what God called us to do. Do you realize that? 44% can't, can't pay for a $400 emergency. We need somebody that gets in our face and tells us what God says about our financial situations. And how to handle it. And I'm grateful that I, live at a, I serve at a church... And I pastor a church of people that aren't afraid to get into the reality of what God says about things that make us uncomfortable. So what I want to pray is that God would just open us up and change our mentalities today. Will you stand to your feet with me? Today, Father, we honor you. If you're ready for God to just blow, to fix the holes and blow our minds and reconstruct the way that we think about our finances today. Would you just hold your hand out like you're grabbing something, like you're holding something today. Hold them up, hold them out, however it is, like you're holding something. Just for God, just to look at God and say, God, this is for me. I need this right now. Do something in my life. God, right now, I just pray over every person in the room today that you would move in their life, in our life. God, this isn't just for them. This is for me. Change our mentalities. We don't want holes. We want wholeness. And so, God, I know that what you have for us financially is better than what the world tells us. It's better than debt. It's better than frustration. It's better than anger. It's better than divorce. It's better than all that. And so, God, let us just manage things the right way. Help us realize, God, that you're our source. Help us realize that we're a manager. God, help, help us realize that we're more than we make. And, God, help us leave a legacy of eternal reward. That when you say go, we go. When you say give, we give change our hearts, change our minds, change our spirits today. And if you believe that God's going to do something great in your life, would you just lift up a shout of praise or put your hands together today? We're so glad you joined us today at the Radiate Church Podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry in any way, let us know. Send us an email at youmatter at radiatechurch.net to share how God is working in your life. Join us in reaching others by investing today 
irradiatechurch.net slash give. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive weekly messages delivered right to your phone. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.